Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 388. Today is October 8th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, again, a very interesting, turbulent time in the stock market this week. We'll get into all that in just a minute. Before we do, I have a couple housekeeping announcements. These both have to do with personal appearance for me and an opportunity for you to meet me. I know a lot of people always tell me when I'm out and about that they would have liked to have met me, but I generally don't have time as I make my travels. My schedule gets really full, but I do have an upcoming very short-term opportunity and then a much longer-term one you can plan for. As far as the short-term, and this is less than a week away, on October 14th, that's next Friday, I will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, this is just going to be a real quick, spontaneous trip. I'm not planning on doing any official well-steading meetup, but if you are in the area of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you'd like to see if our schedules can link up at the same time, we could do a one-on-one -on -one meeting, get in touch with me, and we'll see if we can coordinate schedules. And in terms of that day on the 14th, I might have a little bit of wiggle room where maybe perhaps the night before, the morning after, there could be some time there where I could be available for a meeting. If that's something you're interested in, you can use either one of the websites to get a message to me. Now, as far as long-range planning, I'm going to do something that I've never done before, and I'm doing it because I see people in such a malaise right now, so down in the dumps, so negative about the economy and the political situation and the performance of the stock market, and there's a lot of people that benefit by promoting that, but that's not at all what I want to promote. I want to promote optimism and growth and opportunity. And so for the first time ever, we're going to have a well-steading personal economic conference. And the purpose of the conference is to celebrate the opportunities, the unlimited opportunities in the economy and in people's personal lives. And to do that, I think the best way is to focus on the spontaneity and the magic and the miracle that takes place in a free market. That's why it's an economic conference, because I think the basis of all economies is when they're allowed to operate naturally with limited restrictions. Now, that's easier said than done because everybody wants to tweak things. Everybody wants to control things. And people want and expect to have some type of certainty or a guarantee. But that's not how the economy thrives and grows. It doesn't grow in an orderly fashion. It grows spontaneously. And because of the nature of the market, you get growth in unpredicted and unexpected ways. That's why one of my favorite phrases is that I can't predict the future. I know that disappoints a lot of people because you want a surety, but that's not the way the real world works. And so we're going to have a well-steading personal economic conference. I want to emphasize the personal there because a lot of people emphasize personal finance. Listen, finance is really all about managing money, but I think the important thing is in economics. Economics is the way the world works, and the personal aspect is how are you going to react to that? How are you going to manage yourself? Most people want to focus on managing money when they should first be putting the emphasis on managing themselves. So as far as this conference I don't have an exact date yet. I'm working on that. It's going to be in the spring, probably late March. I need to work around Easter and the holidays and the other events that are going there. But I want to do it that time of the year because I'm going to do it in Las Vegas. 
and the weather in late March in Las Vegas is usually really nice and optimum. I'm picking Vegas because it's a very free enterprise type system. It's got an amazing airport with good fares, so it's easy for people to get in and out of there. And there's numerous accommodations, you know, of hotels and restaurants to meet everybody's different price points. So this is an opportunity if you've ever wanted to meet me and you haven't had the opportunity to attend an event where I'm at, or you haven't had the opportunity to get out to Utah and meet me, well, I'm going to Vegas and I will set aside the entire weekend, all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, to meet and greet and interact and answer the questions of anybody that shows up. Now, here's the deal. And again, more details will emerge, but not many, because the point of this conference is the free market. And that's an unrestricted and an unrestrained market. And that emphasis is on the spontaneity and the unrestricted and unhindered aspects of the market. So I'm calling this a conference, but it's actually an unconference because it's unlike any conference you've ever been to. Now, we have to call it a conference because a weekend in Vegas, well, that wouldn't look very good on your expense report. So this is a business conference, but it is an unconference. And it's an unconference because there won't be a conference room. There won't be a registration, no name tags, no t-shirts, no registration fees, no PowerPoints, no keynote speakers, no workshops. What it will be will be small group and one-on-one -on -one meetings. And the specific content and the agenda will be truly driven by the conference attendees because I am not planning any specific agenda. If you have questions about investing or wealth building, or entrepreneurship, or reloading of handgun loads, or amateur radio, or if you want to see pictures of my grandkids, or my dog, or whatever, that's what we're going to cover. And regardless of whether a hundred people show up, or whether no one shows up, John will be there conducting business, working on building his wealth, studying the market, preparing to make trades, and observing general market conditions because that's what John does everywhere he goes. And because John is always working and always looking for opportunities and possibilities, that's how he ultimately builds his wealth. And he does that whether he's in a crowd of a thousand people or whether he's alone by himself. I do this podcast and I interact with people, not to tell other people what to do, but to show them what I do myself. And that includes the good times and the bad when I'm making money or when I'm losing money. Either way, in my life, I'm always trying to advance and move on and do better. I've learned over the years that when I stop complaining and start creating, that's when I become successful. So hey, if you're of like mind and you want to attend an unstructured, spontaneous, unconference, then set some time aside this spring and we'll meet in Vegas. Ah, but boy, I really digressed on that one. What I want to talk about today in this episode is the volatility of the market, but specifically what we saw this past week. We saw on Monday and Tuesday a huge recovery from the sell-off that we saw the previous week, but then that started to fade in the middle of the week, and by the time we got to the jobs report on Friday, everything had pretty much fallen apart again. That's the nature of this market that we're in. Right now, it is very volatile. And the market's volatile to the downside because people are so negative, and in many ways, I think negative unfoundedly. But we can also get these sharp upturns, and this is what I've talked about in terms of being negative 
and totally sitting out of this market is that there is so much dry powder, so much cash sitting on the sidelines that any type of good news does drive this market higher and it could happen very quickly. This is the risk we take when we're out of the market and it's why I've resisted getting out of the market over these past, you know, eight or nine months. Now I'm still mostly in the market. I have been building my cash position, but I'm holding on to what I think are my most stablest positions because I don't know exactly what will make this market turn. It could be a number of things. The Fed could ease up on interest rates. We could get some resolution on what's going on in Ukraine. The Chinese could stop their zero COVID policy and stop the lockdowns and start to really interject some more stimulus and growth into that economy. That would really help things boom in terms of materials and commodity markets. You know, all the things going on with OPEC and energy and sanctions on Russian energy. These are all just policy decisions and they could change and have positive impacts on the economy. That change could come overnight and extremely quickly. And if you're hunkered down in a bunker somewhere with your cash, you'll miss that opportunity when the market goes up. And again, we saw that this week. On Monday and Tuesday, the market soared. And I know a lot of people jumped in to try and ride that wave up, but then it all fell apart. And that's the limitation of trying to swing trade in a very volatile market where the volatility is to the downside. We've been on a downside volatility this entire year. Other than that brief period we had from mid-June to mid-August, we had a major recovery, more than 20% on both the NASDAQ and the small cap stocks, and it looked like that rally could hold. But it didn't, it fell apart, and so now we have to be more cautious until the dust settles and we get some more clarity on where the range of this market's going to go. But here's the bottom line, because we're not on the precipice of falling off an economic cliff. Markets adjust and people adapt. Over the long term, every one of these pullbacks results in an opportunity. And that gets to the title of this episode, which is that the economy has a hangover. That's exactly what it is. We're experiencing the ill effects of the excesses of the pandemic. We knew this was coming. It's just gotten sharper and more broad-based than what I expected. I knew the overhyped stay-at-home stocks, vaccine stocks, meme stocks, and general stupid investing that we saw during the excesses of the pandemic, we knew that that was going to fall apart. That's why I never bought stock in Peloton or DocuSign or Teladoc. That's why I never chased any of the vaccine companies. I knew that the majority of those things would all totally fall apart because they never had fundamentals to support the high rise in prices of those particular companies and stocks. So we always knew that would fall apart. And when things fall apart, when the market goes into a downturn, good stocks drop as well as bad stocks. But again, that's the opportunity to buy in at lower valuations. Now, things have just gotten lower than I thought they would be, and we've stayed here for longer, but that's not the end of the world. There are fantastic companies out there that are on sale. Now, I don't know if they're going to go down next week or next month or even in the next six months. The recession that everybody was so worried about this year never bothered me because I do think that recession comes in 2023. 
But there are a lot of reasons why that recession can be mild in the United States. You've heard me talk about that over and over again when it comes to the global choke points. The big problems that the global economy are having, many of those are favored on the United States, particularly in terms of energy production and food production and on weapon systems. And even with the labor shortages we have and all the labor inflation, Again, that's not an existential threat for the United States because that problem of labor inflation can be solved in many ways, you know, the easiest of which is simply opening up your country to immigration. Now, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because I know it's an emotional and a political issue, but you watch what the politicians do. And after we get through these midterm elections and we have another two years before there's a big major vote, I bet that you're going to see the politicians of both sides come together and start passing some legislation that makes it easier to bring more immigrants into this country because we are currently experiencing a labor shortage. Again, though, that's a fix, and that's the big thing that drove the markets down this Friday. The jobs report came out, and you know what? It was too good. You know, the fact that we created more jobs and had stronger employment means that the Federal Reserve is less likely to loosen up on their interest rate policy. That's what drove the market down severely, almost 3% on the S&P 500 on Friday. And I understand the mechanisms and how all that works. But again, this is a hangover. Hangovers are not life-threatening. This is like back during at the beginning of the pandemic. I said this, it made a lot of people mad, but it was true from an economic standpoint. The pandemic was a virus. It wasn't stage four cancer we would get through it. That's the same situation we're in right now. The economy is in a hangover from its excesses. But a hangover doesn't kill you. It makes you feel unpleasant. It's not fun, but it's not life-threatening. Even in simple terms, and the big things that are causing the problems right now, in terms of inflation, I haven't been worried about it because what's driving the problem now in terms of food and energy and wage inflation, and, and specifically right now I want to focus on wage inflation and energy inflation. These are not existential. Just like last year and these many times over the pandemic when lumber prices went through the roof, I was never bothered by that. I knew it would dissipate. I knew it would be relatively short term because timber prices never went up. We didn't have a huge run-up in lumber prices because we were running out of trees. There were plenty of trees. We just had bottlenecks in processing the timber that we had and converting it into lumber and getting that lumber into Home Depot so you could buy it. That's a short-term problem, but it's not an existential threat. We have that same problem right now in terms of energy and labor. And the big concern about a low unemployment rate that spooked the markets this Friday will think about it. Would you rather be investing in an economy where labor is scarce and you have a prosperous and a growing economy uh, and that's because people have jobs and they have excess money to spend? Would you rather invest in that economy or would you rather invest in an economy that has high rates of unemployment and where consumption is on the subsistence level because no one has any discretionary income? You know, which of those economies would you want to live in and would you want to invest in? Listen, if you want to invest in an economy where there's excess labor, 
where there's high unemployment, if you think that's so beneficial, well, I'm sure there's an ETF that you can invest in Greece or Turkey or Nigeria or Venezuela, right? I mean, there's plenty of places where people don't have jobs and don't have excess income. If you want to invest in that kind of a marketplace, well, go do it. You can find those opportunities. But for me and my money, despite the volatility, despite all the bad news, despite the rising interest rates, I would much rather be putting my money into a dynamic, growing economy that's suffering from short-term inflation because there are so many jobs and so much opportunity. I'd much rather have a hangover than stage four cancer. Now, I'm not being flippant here. Think about it. The problems we have, both in terms of energy and in terms of labor shortages, are easily fixed. They're not existential. We're not like we were in the early 70s, and really from the 70s all the way up until about 2005, where this country, the United States, every year was producing less and less fossil fuels. We turned all that around about 2005. The United States went from declining energy production to not only expanding energy production, but being the largest producer of petroleum-based products in the world. We have high energy prices right now, not because we're running out of oil or because we're running out of natural gas. There's plenty of that stuff in the earth. We just have policies and have a choice right now not to get it all out. That can change. The same thing with labor. Listen, we can open up our immigration policy. That's one option. The other option is to invest in more automation so the workers are more productive. That's a long-term trend that was in place before all this, and it's going to continue. That is going to be a growth area, and that will be a major growth area, not only just in and of itself, but that will also set North America off from the rest of the world because we have the capital to invest in the automation that will take advantage of the abundant resources that we have in North America. And even on a very short-term basis, if you're not investing new capital in automation or if you're not bringing in more immigrant workers into the country, as a business owner, you can still adjust your labor demand by focusing on the products that are your highest margin. So you put your efforts, you put your workers, you put your labor and your resources into producing the products that make the most money for you. And again, that's one of the reasons why I haven't been overly concerned about the performance in the stock market, because corporate profits are holding up. And they're holding up for exactly that reason. Corporations that have become very efficient and very productive, they're the ones that are focusing their efforts on producing the products that they produce the best and for the highest price and the highest profit margin. I know a lot of you in the audience like to shoot. I mean, think about any time you've seen an ammo shortage in the United States. What's the first thing that comes off the market? It's 22 long rifle. It's the cheapest rimfire ammunition that's the hardest to get. And that's because if you're an ammunitions manufacturer and you have demand that's so strong that you can sell all the, say, 9mm or 223 that you can possibly produce... And if you can sell that stuff at 5 or 10 or 20 times the amount that you'd be selling 22 long rifle for, then you're not going to switch over and start running 22 ammo no matter how much demand there is because the money is all being made on the 9mm. 
If a company like Ford can make huge profit margins producing F-150 pickup trucks, and there's a huge demand for F-150 pickup trucks, then that's where they're going to shift their production line. That creates imbalances in the economy. It creates inflation, but it doesn't send the economy into a tailspin. That's what we're living through right now. We're working off the excesses of the pandemic. The stock market, the economy, they're having a hangover. But it's not existential. It's not stage four cancer. This is a time not to run and hide in fear. But what we can do is that we can be prepared so that when those opportunities emerge, we can pounce on them and we can set ourselves up for that future opportunity. And that's not only the way things are in the stock market, but that's the way it is in your career and your personal life and everything else you want to achieve. So if you have a hangover right now, work through it. Take your aspirin, drink your Alka-Seltzer, whatever you do, get over it and get back in the game. Wait, well, hey, until next time, as always, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.